The hosts feel it would be a little unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to. Well, we've warned you. Hello, and welcome once again to the Frankencast. I'm the mad scientist, Anthony Bowman. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm joined as always by... That one friend of yours that always has ideas but never really finishes them, that is Eric Velasquez. My pronouns are also he, him. So so this uh, this episode, we're joined by a very special guest. Um, and uh, we so we talked to, to Tim just recently, and you're going to get to listen to our conversation. But like... He was so ready and just excited to talk. To we just it was amazing. The, went like, right into it. Even, yeah, we didn't even get into get to do an intro. Uh, and in fact, like he asked a question, and then the first thing you're going to hear is me answering the question. You don't even get him because mm-hmm. like we were off to the races. So like this this conversation is super fun. Um, so we're really excited to, to give it to you all. So as we go into the episode, he's just kind of asked us why we're really into Frankenstein. Um, and you'll just kind of jump right into me responding to that question. Fair enough. All right. Well, back to you, Eric and Anthony from the past. <laughs> Enjoy. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, we we kind of talked about it a little bit here and there, trying to kind of, like, pin it down. But, yeah, I just – ever since I was a kid, I've just kind of been fascinated by monsters. And yeah. um, especially, especially the Frankenstein monster, I think just because, like, you know, he was sort of created – and didn't ask to be created and then was you know treated poorly for just existing and i think you know especially any kind of outcast kids or, or picked on kids can definitely relate to that yeah, well, it yeah. seems like we just migrate towards it uh-huh uh-huh is that the case for you tim um i always thought Frankenstein was really fascinating um what happened was i was uh you know i made a film called room 237 with rodney asher and um, mm-hmm. so that was all about the shining, right? And, all right. And then we went on this. It, it, it played really well. It was at a lot of festivals. So we went on the tour, and there was a lot of Q&As. And the one that people never talked about was that film as uh, about a father and a son, you know, and mm-hmm. which, which really resonated with me watching The Shining. And I was thinking, what other horror film is about that relationship? And of course, it's Frankenstein. Um, So I went on this thing where I was, I just probably watched 20, I had a spreadsheet, I probably watched 20, 20 Frankenstein films, just kind of looking for for some of that juju to kind of come in there. (laughs) We're right there with you. Yeah, okay, cool. Yep, and uh, and I uh, and I stumbled on Terra Frankenstein, which got kind of pushed in, you know, put in my head. And then you, you know, there's a whole sequence, a whole story about how this film happened. But that's sort of where all that came from. Did you guys run across Terra Frankenstein before my film? So I actually, 
I backed your film on Kickstarter when it originally came oh. out, and like I, I can't remember how I found out about it. Like I think I just got an alert that like you might be interested in this, and I had never seen Terror of Frankenstein before that. Yeah. Uh, so then like I backed it, and I was like, well, I got to see the actual movie before this one comes out because yeah. I, I need to have the context. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it led me to, to the, the original, which was also really exciting. So that was that was a fun journey. Oh, cool! That's uh, that's a unique journey, I think. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, out of all the the Frankenstein movies, what made Terror Frankenstein resonate the most with you? Well, um, there's a couple things. One, you know, it's close to the book, right? Um, yeah. It's close to the book in a way that I really like, which is the second, you know, the Frankenstein is obsessed with getting this done, right? To making this thing. But the second he does, he's he's just done with it. He's just like, ah, what have I done? We need to destroy it, you know? And he goes to the police and or something and tries to say, you know, we've got to get rid of this thing. And they don't believe him. And, and that you know, is very much in the book. You know, it's right. very, uh, there's not a moment I think that Victor is like, oh, my son, or oh, I've created right. this thing. Now I need to nurture it and, and learn from it. And, you know, that seems like a lot of stuff you could learn from yeah. a, a day yeah. old monster. Um, right. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So that really kind of stuck. And then, yeah, I just liked it. And Leon was in it, which I thought was really cool, you know. And um, and then, you know, when I decided to make this commentary thing, I was thinking I want to do – is it okay if I segue to the story of how the film came Yeah, out? absolutely. Yeah, go for oh, it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wanted to do, do something Frankenstein, and I was really thinking – and I wanted to do this commentary, and I wanted um, – I wanted to write it with my cousin Jay, who was really interested in this commentary idea. I think it was his idea beginning to just somehow to do a film that was mostly about the commentary. And we started talking about Frankenstein, and that seemed like a really perfect one, but we we didn't think of a film really. And then all of a sudden, Rodney said, well, why don't you just get Tara, and, and maybe you could get Leon to be in it. And I was like, holy shit, Rodney Asher, who I work with a lot, is a yeah. great director, um, but, you know, 237, The Nightmare, Glitch in the Matrix, uh, yeah. all kinds of great stuff. Right. And I was like, what a great idea. So I wrote the friggin' script. I never met Leon. And I uh, I sent it to him. And we I'd had some connection with him because he was quoted in the um, New York Times as uh, hating our film. And so... Uh, <laughs> so but then we kind of found out that he really, and then later I talked to him, and he was like, I talked about that t- film for about an hour, and they took, you know, uh, five minutes of it, you know, and turned it into mm, this hit. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I thought, what the fuck? So I sent it to him, and I was like, this is going to be a really odd <laughs> experience for you <laughs> to to read a script that's got your name on it, your character, <laughs> of an experience that you actually had, you know what I mean? Of making yeah, this yeah. film. Um, then I later found out it was a very important film for him. He met his wife on that film. Oh, wow. And he okay. 
his two children came out of that. So, you know, it was an important moment. And it was also right. the moment where he said, after he had done um, Barry Lyndon, and then he went to do that, and he that's where he said afterwards, he was like, you know, I just want to be behind the camera. And so that's how he got back with Kubrick. Okay. Um, so I sent it to him, and he was oh, well. I'd like I like the script on. I'd like to meet you, and we met in like two minutes. We were like, okay, it's all good. We're you know we're we're the same people. We're good. And, uh, so that's how that came about. That's really cool. Did Leon have any like feedback for the script? Like, well, maybe change this here, but I, I guess probably not. But no. Okay. Though it was very funny, and the, we did a, a read through with him and Clue and. Zach and um, there was a part where one of them is going on. And you guys watched the film, yeah, more recently than I. When when somebody's going on about oh, all the girls that were following Leon around and right. he's this rock star and and he was kind of like rolling his eyes, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, which was which was very sweet of him, you know, to just go mm -hmm. That's really cool. So was there a lot of like rights issues? Did you have to clear this a lot of different people to be able to do this? Well, no, I've cleared, I, I had to track down who owned that film. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, I found these guys uh, who did, and then I paid them for a screening fee is how that worked. Okay. Um, oh, if, okay. if I wanted to do a mass kind of selling of the, you know, like a train, get it on Amazon or whatever, I'd have right. to, you know, I'd have to make a bigger deal, and I, I haven't, I haven't done that. You know, okay. So. so that's why it's not more like widely available. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Gotcha. So kind of in that same vein, we noticed that there were a lot of names that were the same, and a lot of names that were slightly changed. So what what happened with that? Like, was it just? Oh, give me some examples. Uh, so there was Jacinta Martin, but she her name uh, she was changed to Sophie Martin. Oh. Um, and then uh, what Bergwall, uh, well, um, Anthony, the uh, the guy, the actor who played Waldheim, right? You changed his name, and then even like Isabella, sort of like the you know the the actress who played Elizabeth. Uh, I can't remember her real name, but you changed that. But then we thought that Nicholas Clay, who would be the villain of the piece, you actually kept his real Clay. name, which I thought <laughs> yeah. would have been the main one you would have had to change. Right. I, I know that's really funny. I I really think. It came down to, oh, those names are hard to pronounce, or that's <laughs> there's too many that start with a G or an I or whatever. You know what I mean? That it's okay. going to get confusing. Yeah. But we were never going to change Nick's name because we really, I got to, I, you know, God bless him, but he left his soul. But I, uh, we watched that movie Jay and I, my cousin. We were like that fucker. Like we just disliked him so much. <laughs> So we were like, okay, he's got to be the villain, you know. He's, uh, uh, I don't know what it was, but we just like he's the villain. <laughs> That's great. I love it. <laughs> so you've never had any actual interactions with with Nicholas, Nicholas Clay, the the actual actor, then? No, he's dead. Uh, it's funny. A lot of in the movie, as you know, a lot of we kill a lot of people on the set. Right, um, and it's very odd that um, there was some stuff like that that I didn't know about. Like oh. Parr, who plays the Frankenstein, he died in a in a in a house fire with his wife. Like, wow! 
Oh. Yeah. And then at the premiere, during the Q&A, Leon revealed to the audience and me that the guy who plays, I think, the mayor in the scene we were just talking about where he goes and tries to get them to to kill the monster or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a very small part, but apparently years later, he killed himself by lighting himself on fire, pouring oh, gasoline oh, wow. all over himself, killing himself. So that was really ghoulish. And I was wondering, because you guys are probably the first people who've watched it since Clue and Leon have died. Was that a little ghoulish, knowing that now these two guys were dead as well? I, I don't I mean, like, I, you know, I think... It did. I feel like they were both. You know, they come across pretty well in it. You know, I mean, I feel like the David character is the one who really, right? Uh, you know, looks bad at the end. But no, I thought you know it was just it was kind of nice seeing them in sort of like a a different role. Like yeah, it was kind of nice seeing them together. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I liked both of them. They were really sweet guys. And yeah, incredible amount. So of- had you know? Did you know Clue before this, or did you? get him or you know reach uh, out to him specifically for this well clue this this is some real hollywood stuff i uh, i met clue uh at uh my daughter's uh preschool graduation um <laughs> his grandson was in her class and his name is clue as well and okay. i started talking to clue a bit and he was just really really he's just a really open and neat guy or was um and then a year later or so, when I was trying to think about this, I was like, what if I, after I got Leon, I was really high on it. I was like, oh, I should right. just get anybody I want. Who could it be? Who would be someone like just a dream? And I was like, oh, Clue Gulliger, because I love him. I love him in so many things. Oh, yeah. And then he'd do it. So I was like, oh, right, we are on a fire. So, so yeah, and it was a similar thing. I gave him the script. He liked it. And then we went and did it. So That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. It's yeah, especially like to get them for for such a strange project. Like it's cool that they were just like on board right away. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was, and I think Clue Clue was um, he was very on uh, open about this. I can tell you that you know, he was an older man and he was having trouble um, memorizing lines, which drove him nuts because he used to be just like he'd read it and he knew it. Um, so the idea that he could have the script in front of him, take multiple takes, you know, yeah. work on a schedule that we had made very comfortable, you know, I think that was also part of it, you know. Right. So how quickly did, I mean, you know, I guess if you had multiple takes and stuff, this wasn't recorded Over in one an day, hour and yeah. a half straight through, but how, how long did it take to get this all put together? It was two days. And the first was Zach and Clue. Second day morning was Zach and Clue, and then Leon was going to come in and do it. And then it was just kind of like the echo of the uh, of the actual of the film we're making. Right. That Clue was lost. He got lost, and we were getting these texts like he's in Burbank, he's in this, he was lost. You know. <laughs> okay. And we're like, holy shit, we got to get him here. We got to finish this up. So. Uh, right. Then he showed up and just boom, he just rocked it. He just, you know, he we did. I don't know. He did. I don't know if he did more than one take of most of everything. He was fantastic. So that's kind of an instance of life imitating art. It, it <laughs> totally was. It totally yeah. was. 
which kind of feels like the theme of the, the project in general is about the way that art affects life and that life affects art and that you know the audience how art impacts the audience and and vice versa so it's kind of kind of cool that it happened in real life too I agree because the commentary transforms the original film to oh, a yeah, different really narrative. Does. Yeah, and in moments too, right? So it makes sense that Leon would do something like this that kind of got us into that same place. So when you wrote this script, I mean, like, were you trying to like time out scenes so that the audio would hit specific moments in the film and everything, or did some of that just kind of like happy accident as you went through it? A little of both, but we were mostly trying to hit stuff, mm-hmm. and we did a terrible job. We were, we were not thinking. I've done another one of these since, and I've learned. But we're not thinking that you know we were just read because what we would do is we'd write it and then we'd watch the scene and we would one would take the one character and one would take the other and we'd do it. Okay. But not being actors, we were reading it kind of as fast as we could. You know, mm-hmm. whereas actors take time and they want to hit certain things and they should, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. why the first day was like we do it and then someone was watching because these guys did not want to watch the film while we did it. So, but someone watching, so we do it and then I'd look over and I was driving and he would say, "It's like four minutes over, Bernie, and I you missed this spot that you wanted by you know a minute and a half or whatever." Right. So then it was like cut, 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 cut give them the new wow new stuff you know mm-hmm. and then go from there speaking of the audience uh we noticed that there was a lot of people who have contempt for the audience is that <laughs> you like kind of your background with the hollywood types or that they just dislike their own audience are you talking about the characters of the the director and writer uh, yeah, yeah well uh-huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess so. I guess so. I was, I could definitely tap into that. Um, (laughs) But I guess I also, I could just tap into the idea of getting stuck in a situation like that where it was not your intention for this to be a circus and suddenly you're the, you're the the, the, the main attraction. Uh, Yeah, we noticed that the writer himself, like he was appalled when he noticed that he was a member of an audience that oh, at, right, at the right. execution yeah that's right he got to that place yes he was that's really good yeah i like that i i think that's very true i think that was a theme running through it okay yeah i felt like yeah i mean for you as the creator of this being like an audience member to the original film mm-hmm. uh and then being the artist creating this new work that would then go on to have a, its own audience like it, it felt like the theme there was kind of layered through multiple layers of fiction and multiple layers of reality mm-hmm. uh, in a kind of really fascinating way. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I don't know. Some people have wished that the layers had been, you know, of different um, priority. Like some people were like, oh, I wish it had been more funnier or I wish it had been this, you know. But it's what it is. It's a mix of things. And it was. We liked the balance, you know, when we made it. Yeah. I think it hit hit just right. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, there, there is elements of humor, but I think it's a very dark, dark humor. Dark humor. <laughs> and 
uh, yeah, I think it definitely serves what the original film was, uh, uh, you know, and, and builds on it. So yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have wanted it to be like, you know, mystery science theater or something no. like, uh, having an actual, you know, narrative, a, a story, a drama is what makes it so unique. Well, thank you. That was our intention to have a narrative and write the shit out of it not have it feel improvised, you know? Right. That's really cool. So let's let's talk about Igor's or Fritz's, however, however you All want. Right. <laughs> so, like we we Anthony and I, when we were discussing it. We were kind of like, well, is it is it Gavin who is the Frankenstein and the uh, David being the Igor, or which way do you see it? Igor, how would you how would you define Igor in general? I mean, from the the, the whole text of. Frankenstein right. and the monsters, other so, movies. So we we really would define it as as a Fritz because Igor didn't come yes. in until later, of course. Yeah, true. <laughs> but uh, the kind of one of our reads was is that um, dude for the method <laughs> for the yeah. method. Uh, it was like David was torturing the monster, aka Pear, and he was kind of how Fritz was in the original 1930s movie. The original where he's so cruel to him exactly yeah yeah is that kind of was that in your, your intention or is that just kind of maybe a happy accident that kind of rings through it or that's interesting because Tara and Frankenstein obviously discarded the whole character right but mm-hmm. but when we were doing it we were obviously aware of you know there's the balance is you know there's the original piece but then there's what it is and mm-hmm. It's hard to argue with what is what. You know, what is more important? You know, you know what I mean? It's It's got almost equal weight. So there is a Fritz. There is an Igor. There, there definitely is. And we were just not doing it. Okay. Um, I think I think you're right. And I think both of your thoughts are right. I think, <laughs> I think it points in the thing we were thinking about, just that the cruelty of that. And, and then, you know, it works with the father and son thing where he's... You know, he's lashing out at someone who's helpless, basically. You know? Right. But it's a, it's, a, it's a really good question. I'm sorry I don't have the best answer. I, that's a good answer for me, yeah. Yeah. So I know, so it's interesting, like, I feel like primarily you work in nonfiction. Like, you, you mostly, you know, like you were saying, Room 237, The Nightmare, you've done a lot of, like, documentary type stuff. And then this film kind of, like, pretends to be nonfiction but uh, you know is yeah is fiction so do you do you prefer working in nonfiction? um let me see you know i you know what i think this is it i i was a screenwriter for before i started producing and directing and, um and i was very fortunate to like work for like 15 years and make, make good good money but you know not much not much got made um and I think there was the there was a certain aversion after that to creating stuff from piecemeal from the you know from you know from like me having an idea and then creating an entire world out of it uh, in this script and then having that script disappear and then not you know and mm-hmm. so somehow I think I've been drawn to documentaries and then these films because there are 
there are real life pieces or the pieces that you can take and then sort of work with or against, you know what I mean? In a documentary, we get someone who says some stuff about a theory about the shining or about an experience they've had or whatever, um, mm -hmm. in another film. And, um, and you put that together and you, and you're creating your own narrative and I'm really in a narrative, mm -hmm. but it's, it's different from that other thing. And maybe it's because I'm a little gun shy. I kind of like that. And so these films is, is, are like a real, like they really push my pleasure place when I'm doing it because it's sort of a synthesis of both those things. You know, it's there. It has a running time. It's got a thing. I can't change that because that's the rules mm -hmm. I've made. But I can do anything else to change this reality in the way that I like, you know? And at the end of the day, it's done and I can show it to people and, you know? Uh, so I think that I think that answers your question. Yeah, that does. That, I hadn't thought about that, that like primarily with a documentary, you're, you're taking an existing interview and then then writing after the fact which is very similar to what you did in in this case right totally structurally you know yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah so yeah in that case my next question would be sure. are you going to either a follow up more in this world i mean obviously we can't have gavin we can't have david but can we have maybe uh, i don't know some of the press releases or something like that do you have any interest in working in this world again the exact world of terror for Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's very rich. It would be so fun, you know. I'm kind of there's like this part of me that's hoping that at some point I'm gonna get. I know that this film is in flux somehow. I just terror Frankenstein the original. I mm -hmm. just stumbled upon um, there's some new organiz international organization out of Sweden that's restoring and saving lost films. And, and they're starting with films that were shot in Sweden. And Tara Fingerstein is going to be one of them. And my hope is they're going to do like a 4K or something and try and put it out on a Blu-ray or something. And then I'd love to have my thing tag along, you know. Right. That would be amazing. Yeah, and I've reached out uh, through some friends who are at different, like Kino, it's Criterion and Arrow, those kind of people who deal with this kind of world to mm -hmm. sort of, I got it. I'm glad we're talking about this. It'll remind me to, to, to look into this again, but I was hoping, I'm hoping at some point that will happen. And then, yeah, it, I, my idea would then be, okay, now I want a small budget to create extra content, which would be exactly what you're talking about. I mean, it would be photos of the crime scene. It would be drawings of the of the court sequence would be uh, a newspaper whatever we could come up with you know and maybe there'd be a mystery in there as well you know? right yeah that, i because i when there's a point somewhere in, in there where they're talking about that there were a bunch of different websites that existed tracking the the movements of the suitcase throughout the film and i was just like man i wish that those websites actually existed those would be so fun yeah, that would be fun we should do that for sure that would be fun. Someone scrolling through it, right. you know, this content. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah. I really like that feature at the beginning of the, the film, how like 
you get to kind of watch someone you know moving around and you know going through the slideshow and then choosing to to you know watch the commentary track thanks thanks yeah the guy my friend said he did that is he's so funny with that reappearing thing of uh leon turning to the camera with okay. like that it's <laughs> so funny yeah uh, you know, I made another one of these uh, called Sex Madness Reveal. Have you guys seen that? I've not oh. seen that. Oh, okay. So you can get that one on Amazon Prime because it was uh, public public domain. So okay. So you stream it out oh, Okay. Uh, it's an hour long. And what it, it's a similar thing. It's the, the, the film itself is called Sex Madness, which is a... Uh, it's like a reefer madness. It was made around the same mm, okay. time. It's low budget films. These guys would make them as sort of a docudrama, right? And so, but it was mostly so you could show people have, doing drugs or being lewd. Um, okay. Right? And then there's this really not much of a story, but it was just like, it looked like they came up with something every day or something. And there is a true life mystery as to who directed it because. It's just nobody fucking cared. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so this one uh, stars uh, Pat Niles Oswald as uh, a radio podcast host mm-hmm. who has a, a show where he his, his fans come on and he shows a movie. You know, everyone syncs it up, right? Mm-hmm. And then he talks over it, and sometimes he'll have a guest, and he'll talk about the film and so forth. Right. So then the other guy is Rob Zabrecki, who's this great actor out here. And um, so the bit is that Patton gets uh, gets this guy on the show, and he doesn't know anything about him except that he's the grandson of the director, and he's going to tell us all the secrets behind the making of. And we find out. There's, like Tara Frankenstein, there's this insanely big story underneath the making of this terrible film, which involves secret societies, Walt Disney, uh, <laughs> LAPD Vice, um, all this crazy shit. And so that one, it's a little funnier because it's supposed to be like they're improving, like on the thing. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because the patent character is trying to keep it light, and he's the grandson is. I'm here for a purpose, you know. He just wants to fucking tell <laughs> right. the truth of what happened. Um, so that was creating another world. Um, yeah. If you guys watch that, I'll come back on. I really, oh. it's, I'm proud of it. It's, uh, it's a good film. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. I'll definitely be checking that out. Right. And I'd love to do one more. I just want to do one more at least. I have. I'd love to do a western. Okay. Oh, okay. That'd be fun. It's such a fun world to live in, and like, and I think you nailed it. It's creating a world, you know. Absolutely. And I like, you know, because I mean, I I feel like the reality is probably most films do have a lot of crazy stories in the background that we'll never know. Probably not quite this crazy, right. but um, but like, I think it sort of builds on the mystery of just filmmaking in general, or, or like art, you know, making art in general. That like, there's all these worlds that we'll never experience. We just have what's on the screen or on the canvas or whatever. And uh, it kind of opens up, you know, it lets you look at that with like a wider frame of, of vision that like, there's, there's so much more there that you, you aren't seeing. Yeah. That absolutely. 
I agree 100%. That's exactly, for me, is really exciting. And I guess, again, that kind of goes back to, like, what you did with, like, Room 237 is that there's, you know, the idea that there's this movie that we've all seen, but then there's all these people who think there may be more to it. And whether they're right or not, it's still interesting to just look at that film through these other people's lenses. Agreed. And I don't know if if we've succeeded as well as, I mean, with 237, I remember doing the research for that. And it would be like, say, the guy who does the Apollo moon landing, you know, who right. believes that Kubrick shot the Apollo moon landing and that The Shining is giving clues to the audience that that's what happened. Um, and I'd be reading this shit and I'd be like, oh, he's really good. We got to use him. But I'd be like, I don't buy it. And then, then there'd be something where I can't remember how he set it up, but it was something about somehow he got Gemini into this thing. Oh, that was it. That was the predecessor to the Apollo. Was the Gemini program, right? Okay. So who was the previous caretaker? Was the guy with the twins? And the Gemini is twins. Uh, right. Uh, and there was this moment where, oh, fuck. Like, what if it's true, man? My whole, my whole world is going to have to change, you know? I don't know if I'm ready for this, you know? That's amazing. Um, and so I'm, I don't think it's I ever hit that as strongly in these films. But I think there are moments where you're like, fuck, that could have been the director looking right at the camera. Or, you know what I mean? Or... Uh, yeah. that guy does look terrified that, you know, or whatever, you know, like it feels suddenly very real. Yeah. I mean, as you're watching it, like you get engrossed in the story and you, you do just start to believe like that's, right. that's really what happened. Uh, and you know, I mean, because of the way you pieced it together, it's like, Oh, there's the suitcase again. And suddenly <laughs> now I'm watching for a suitcase, right. that, you know, actually has probably nothing in it, but now I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm focused in on it that like, it's part of this, you know, this secret narrative. Yeah. Part of yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, good. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. It's really good. So another question kind of. Yeah, please. So what is, is Tara Frankenstein your favorite Frankenstein or do you have a more one that's closer to your heart? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I like the film, but it, it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a snooze. <laughs> it's it's pretty fucking boring, and I think Leon's trying really hard, and God bless Par for trying to do it. I mean, it's really not much to his makeup or anything, you right. know. Um, I got you know I'm kind of classic. I kind of go with the first two, the James, the James Whale th- stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I really I have a thing for Son of Frankenstein. I just kind of like it. I just feel comfortable yeah. watching it maybe it's because it's it really does hit like you watch those any frankenstein movie you're gonna be like wow this is not the entirety of what i thought a frankenstein movie was before i watched a frankenstein movie. right you know mm-hmm. things are missing you know like in this one there's no igor there's no igor you know what i mean there's no mm-hmm. um but Son of Frankenstein, I feel like it's like, oh, it's all here, man. You know, it's all, you know, maybe it's missing some stuff. But mostly I'm like, okay. Not that it's the truest to Mary Shelley, right. but that it kind of satisfies what our our cult, pop culture has kind of determined this genre is, you know. Right. And then that said, breaking it, I do like the first hammer with uh, Christopher Lee. 
Mm -hmm. I think that's mm -hmm. uh, just going out a completely different way. Right. And then there's one of those where towards the end where Frankenstein is just himself has just become a monster. You know what I'm talking about? He raped somebody in the film. Oh yeah. We remember that one. Uh, <laughs> Frankenstein was being destroyed. <laughs> yes. That is just yeah. Yeah, so that one is brutal. fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they just, I don't know what made them go there. It's like... The hammer ones are so wild because like from... You, you have Peter Cushing through all of them, so it feels like it should have like a really through line continuous arc that goes all the way through, but he's so vastly different from movie to movie. Yes. It, yeah, it's just wild. Yeah, in some cases he's action uh, Dr. Frankenstein where he's right. riding on a, a carriage at uh, fast speeds or, you know, or he is a monster like you mentioned. Yeah. Or he's just more clever than everyone else in the room, like uh, Moriarty the, or something. What's the one where he's, I guess he had died in the previous one, and then he's back, and he has to get a certain something or another to keep alive or something. You know what I'm talking about? Is that, uh, like, he, 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 we, he dies in the f previous film, and then he comes back. We see him like, oh, I'm, I'm barely alive. You've got to. Oh, is that something. the one where he's, the previous one where he's burned alive? Um, yeah. Yeah, and his hands are all burned. Yeah. Is that that's the one? from oh, Hell? That's from it. Hell. Oh, and he says... Yeah, because he has to have the other guy help him do the surgeries because right. he can't anymore because, he's, yeah, he's in, like, gloves the whole movie. That was that was wild, and but it doesn't follow to the next one where he's right. he's fine. He's just a monster. Yeah. yeah. And then there, there's the one where he's, like, really kind-hearted. I think it's... um, it, They, like, take in that, like, deaf-mute girl, and he's, like, really taking care of her and stuff. Oh, That's yeah. the one with the hypnotist, who is the villain in that one. There's, like, the evil hypnotist. Oh, and yeah. Frankenstein's, like, the good guy. Right. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's wild. That's just great, because that's where it's, like, okay, we're doing um, Hansel and Gretel, but right. it's, <laughs> you know, it's it's all about, a you know, the villain isn't a witch. That she's there, but she's kind of a friend, and there's this other thing. And, you know, it's just, like, wow, okay, that's a funny way to take that story and where do you go, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I forgot yeah, that. I think that kind of goes back to what you were saying with, like, Son of Frankenstein. Like, I think the the reason that there are so many Frankenstein movies and they've been around for so long and so many is that, we, that people can kind of play with those pieces. It's almost like a Lego set where you can be like, well, I want the Igor, but I don't want the, you know, I don't want the Elizabeth or I want to I want to move this around and make, you know, like Kenneth Branagh's is supposed to be really close to the the novel but then like they revive elizabeth at the end as a monster and that's totally new yeah. it's just like well we can move this here and it's a whole new story but it's familiar in a way and yeah i just you know i mean that's you know we've been doing our show now for uh, for a year and we've watched uh, so we've watched like you know 50 something frankenstein movies and everyone <laughs> yeah they're all you know they're all different but they're all the same in a way and right. yeah it's yeah it's it never gets bored somehow Have just watch, did you watch island of frankenstein with John Carradine? Not yet. No. That's that's on our list. We've got our list is like two or three hundred movies long, so we're gonna be doing this. Holy for a while. There's a lot of Frankenstein out there. <laughs> wow. I I don't think I'll I see you guys I bow before you. I think I tapped out at twenty five or something. <laughs> that's amazing. Well we, we yeah, also I have this Go ahead, please. No, I was going to say, we also have uh, things that are just Frankenstein adjacent, you know, like, um, like uh, we watched Animator, Animator or, sure. or oh, uh, Weird Science, 
you know. Sure. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That makes so that helps. Sense. That helps break up the yeah. monotony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, just Island's interesting because it's, it's, it's just not... So it's really nothing to do with Frankenstein. It, I think it's closer to Island of Dr. Moreau. Really. Mm. Um, okay. But it's one of these, it really feels like, okay, we have some footage of a bunch of guys on the beach because we'll use that okay. and then we can get carotene for two days. So they'll just sit by a fire and talk about shit or something. I can't remember it that well, but it really feels like it was built around the availability of certain things and, you know, it was not built around building a story. Right. <laughs> sometimes those are kind of like happy accidents where like they, sometimes they just don't work at all. But every now and then you get one where it's like the sum of this is greater than all the weird parts that they kind of threw together. Yeah. What do you think? That's, I'm, I'm agreeing. Uh, there, um, what is that movie that's, um, it's like one of the last Boris Karloff movies. Um, the, the name of it just left me, but it's, it's the one where he's like, he basically plays himself. He's like an aging actor, but then there's like a school shooter. Oh, um, yes, oh, what, right. What is that called? It's like... Targets? Is it... What is... Uh, um, it's... Is it just called Seconds? I think it... Or, or targets. targets. Targets, yes, yeah. that's it. Yes. Yeah. That is a weird um, one. And it, yeah, it feels... I, I think that there was stuff like that where they were like, well, we've got... We got Karloff for two days... And then I have some leftover footage from this old film that we can throw. I think it's the Terror, right? They use some of the that's the right Corman Terror movies. That's right. And then they also just like you know filmed the school shooter stuff separately, and yeah. somehow that really works. Wow, I gotta watch that again. Mm. I'm sorry to keep bugging, but I you know I haven't talked to anybody about some of these films. The BBC thing, you ever see that one with? Uh, is it the is it the one from the '70s or yeah, with Michael Sharon? Michael Saran or Sarandon or something plays the monster. He's very pretty. It's a very pretty monster. Yes, I think I think we have seen that one. Is that is that the Frankenstein the true story? It could be. It's long. Uh, it might be four hours or something. It might be. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, and it's got um, what's his name? Oh, James uh, Mason. Yeah, James yeah. Mason. Yes. Yeah, we just watched that like a month or so ago, and it's wild. Like yeah. it goes all over the place. Yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff in that that's yeah. so outside yeah. of the book. But it's, yeah, it even has Jane Seymour. Fun. Yeah, yeah. I really liked at the center of it. There was that bit when he first gets the kid. He's like, he's really beautiful, mm-hmm. and learning stuff is really interesting to him. He's reading, you know, yeah. and mm-hmm. he takes him to parties. And he can drink tea, and everybody's like, wow, you know. <laughs> and then he starts to decay, mm-hmm. and he just, Frankenstein just uh, can't even look at it, just cuts him off. Right. And that, to me, since I started this quest about fatherhood, that was really satisfying of people that have a child, you know, because I have a kid, and mm-hmm. I had a kid who was pretty young at that time, and it was, oh, look at her, she can do this, oh, she has wearing this, that. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine I had that 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 ugly idea of like as she got older and she's just a person and fuck her you know kind of I don't, you know, I don't think I will ever go there but I could see right if you're making a horror movie you know that's pretty fucking scary you know yeah and there's something you know you were talking about like a lot of cases where like Victor as soon as the creature wakes up he's just like oh I'm done with yeah. this but 
there's something so much more tragic about them like having this beautiful relationship where they're they connect and they're close and it it almost reads like a romance like they are very close to one another and Absolutely. then yeah like you said suddenly things off. change and then Victor is just kind of done with him yeah have you seen the D- Danny Boyle both of his Frankenstein's the uh, the play yeah uh, yes yeah we have not done it for the show but I, yeah it's it's really it's really cool to see the, the comparison with like the, the actors flipping roles and stuff. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah, I really loved it. Yeah, it's a really really cool idea, and I, I was because I you know I had heard stuff about it and it was like I'm never going to get to see this, and then like yeah I think it was during COVID they were like well, we're going to put this on YouTube actually, right. and I was like all right yeah I got to see this. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I went out. It was like Christmas Day. I was like at a family party, and I'm saying sorry, I went. To- to the new art and <laughs> watch the back to back. There you go. That's awesome. But let's get so back did to you see it live or was it like yeah. filmed? It was filmed, but I was it was in okay. a theater at least. Okay. But let's get so back cool. to Tara yeah. Frankenstein. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just, no, no, no. no, no you guys are my people. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we'll talk about Frankenstein to anybody who will listen. Oh so. man, I love it. Yeah. So so like I you know I know you worked with with Rodney a lot, um, but so. This was you. You directed. He was just he, he kind of produced this. Right? Yeah, is that right? Yeah. Okay. And he is on and, Sex Madness as well. Right. So is is this the only thing you've done like through Kickstarter? I'm kind of curious, like what led you to that for this project. Um, I think it is. Well, we did a sh- very small thing for Room Two Three Seven. Yeah. And it's small because Lee Unkridge, who is one of the top Pixar guys for. Time ago, he's just a maniac for shining. He's really very smart guy and very just very into it. So he somehow got a hold of the Kickstarter and said, "I'll just pay the whole thing." He just wanted to see it made. Wow. We we gotten into Sundance and we needed just a couple grand to finish up, and he just said, "Here you go." So, uh, you know, thank you, Lee. That's yeah, we we hung out with him at the premiere, all this stuff. Awesome guy. He knows the shining. He's going to have, he's been working on it forever, but he's got this shining book coming that's going to be just amazing. It's going to be exhaustive. Okay. Um, yeah. But other than that, we just did Frankenstein. And the reason was I had already made it, and I was at Sundance for, I believe, Night Nightmare. And I was going to other parties and things, trying to talk about what I was working on. And I talked right. to a guy who, George Schultz, who's just a great guy and he at the time was working at kickstarter and he was like oh we could run we could do a great thing with this because you already got it you you've got this idea with it's this whole world so we can kind of tease that you know um and i was like let's do it because then i could pay for you know these finance these fees to screen it and to you know, to get everything together. And, and right. so that was, that's how that happened. Okay. Yeah. I actually like found like the emails and like went back to the, the page. Like it's, you know, it's still there. Wow. And I like, we were talking, cause we were, we were talking uh, about the movie last night and Eric was like, I mean, it's a shame that the shirts don't right. exist. And I was like, I think that there were shirts from the, the Kickstarter. And I went there and I was like, they did make shirts. And I'm so mad at myself that they I didn't one. back okay. at the level to get those shirts. Because those things are great. Okay, give me your, your sizes and I'll, I'll send them. <laughs> uh, well, later after this, text okay. me your sizes. I've got some and I'll be happy. To oh, that'd be yeah. amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah. They're pretty cool, I got to say. Um, yeah. 
yeah yeah i saw there uh, there were like five or six different designs and yeah they were all so cool like you all did i mean that that's again to the world building like you went that extra mile and did all this cool stuff to like really flesh out your your story oh thanks man thanks yeah it was a weird thing because when we were actually at festivals you know i didn't want to i didn't want to give shit away but i didn't want to say try and walk around pretending i didn't want it to be a performance art piece with me like Somehow, like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, Merrill's assistant. He couldn't be here or something like that. <laughs> right. I just didn't want to do it. It's just, I, it, it might have been really fun, but I, I just didn't feel it. And, um, but yeah, we did though. Though we did have all the arsenal to do that, you know, with t-shirts and so forth. You know. Yeah. Just the idea of like, what is it? Um, oh, here's your bag. Yes. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a catchphrase, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so dark. Whatever the reveal happened, it's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could see some some people want you know, like you have like those movies that you know, especially now with like found footage mm-hmm. stuff. There's a lot of people who try to make their fictional stuff appear to be real. Uh, you know, I mean, even like something like Fargo, you know, has like the this is a true right. story thing. Yeah. Uh, 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 and yeah i i could see where like that would especially with this being so close to reality that it it might be like a little too edgy to like try to play up that this was real actually reality especially when you've got like you know leon vital like got actors from the the real film in there you could really like cause a stir with people think that this is some secret thing that that actually did happen right yeah I was hoping that even if you went in thinking, okay, I, these guys don't come right out and say this is fake, but right. I assume that's what it is, right? And you're watching it, and then Leon actually shows up. I thought that might be like, what the fuck? You know? Like, <laughs> like, yeah. like the Gemini moment of like, fuck, is this real? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I literally uh, thought we yeah. were never going to hear from Leon at all, that it was just going <laughs> to end, and then all of a sudden he pops in, it's like, oh, and that's when everything starts ramping up. Yeah. Like, he is just... Yeah, you finally get all the reveals. He is just Mr. Reveal, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it works, because it, it's almost like a like a waiting for Godot thing, where it's just like, is he actually going to show up? And then th- there's like that level of tension of like, is he going to get there? And then the level of tension of like, so we, you know, as, it, as the sort of breadcrumbs are let out, like, okay, we know something happened. Okay, we know some murders happened, yeah. but who did it? And and it's kind of nice that it all kind of converges at once. And it's like Leon shows up. We find out <laughs> not only who the murderer was, but that, you know, David knew and, every, you know, there's just right. so many things that kind of come together so perfectly at the end. Yep. It, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. You know, I, I know you were saying like that you're really into narrative and it's clear from this, the way that you were able to ratchet that up. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Speaking, speaking of that ending, what inspired that? I mean, obviously we, we go back to the, the Bible verse, uh, first John, what, right. 4, 121. So yeah. it did, is that actually something from your life that inspired that? Or is it just something you thought was kind of cool and you wanted to add it in? Well, I, I wanted to get it in. I felt like it would be a cool thing. When I had the idea, I thought this would be good to set up for something else. I didn't know mm-hmm. when it would come back. Right. But also, I did, you know, I grew up with, uh, of the son of a pastor. So it's okay. kind of thing yeah. runs in my family. And, and they're all, they all left the church pretty early. I was, but 
you know, I'd already sort of been going. Anyway, so I have that shit. So I do, it's similar to the Gemini thing. It is, I will hit a Bible thing first where I'll just feel a certain, I don't know, a certain feeling of, I don't know, just engagement that I wasn't expecting, you know, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I don't walk around thinking of myself as a Christian, or you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'll hit something like that, and it'll have this kind of like jarring moment for me of like, wow, that's you know, I'm just really engaged with this, right? With this thing, and I think that was why, because I think that was that fit with what we were doing, you right. know. Yeah, and of course, it was obviously and, in the film as well. So. Yes. Okay. And. Yeah, I mean, when it comes, you know, like religious imagery is just so wrapped up in Frankenstein already anyway, when you've got creators and, you know, the way that creations deal with, you know, their creator or whatever. So, uh, and and I think, yeah, like, you know, biblical stuff just adds so much weight to things, whether, like you said, whether you see yourself as a Christian or not, like, there's just an extra sort of like depth to religious imagery in things. And it's, yeah, I mean, like being able to pull that from earlier in the film and, and have it be that callback at the end is it's really powerful. It was. Well, I'm glad, you know, actually let me say this because I think we've, I, I have under, uh, played, uh, the, the, the importance of Jay, the, my co-writer, my cousin, mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. he brought a lot of the story, a lot right. of great shit to this. And it was really a fun collaboration. Um, but his father is also a pastor. See, I got a, both our fathers, oh. are pastors, their brothers. You know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now my dad left the church when I was only about seven. Kind of did his own thing. Uh, but um, his father, you know, he had a church and he was da da da. And so it is something that the two of us have always uh, shared, especially when we're talking about fathers and fatherhood and stuff. So I was not surprised that that was going to kind of, that that kind of ended up being part of this. If you get my dress. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, clearly you all collaborate well together, whether it's, you know, your shared history or what, but yeah, I mean, it, it it worked well. Yeah. He's brilliant. He's a um, author. He's written some great books and a bunch of great articles for Harper's and all kinds of great shit. So, Hmm, it's okay. very good. Yeah. I'll have to follow that. Hey, I've got about five more minutes. Well, let's, uh, what would we like to talk about? Yeah, I was going to say, I know, I know you right, got that out here in a little bit. Is there anything, I mean, I know you, you mentioned Sex Madness. <coughs> What's your next uh, project? Yeah. Yeah, do you have anything else you want to promote okay. or tell people where they can find you online? Okay, Sex Madness Reveal is on Amazon Prime. I think it's one of those like $1.99 or something. Um, uh, there's also a film that I made called The El Duce Tapes, which is about uh, El Duce, who was mm-hmm. the lead singer of the band The Mentors. Right. I don't know if you That film is so good. Have you seen it? Yes. Oh, yes, thank it's you. It's really, really good. And that was, that was a very personal because it, it was me and my buddy Ryan were shooting all that footage when we were like 22 in Hollywood and hang, well, hanging out with El Duce. And then right. the, the oh, footage wow. disappeared with my buddy. Oh. He kind of went off somewhere. So 25 years later, I find him and we did it. We made this thing. So it's really special to me, obviously, to like right. that's amazing. complete something. that It's just been kind of hanging over my head like, God damn, that was such good footage. I'm so interested. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. Yeah, so that's also streaming, uh, I think, on all those 
now all the streamings and then it has amazing blu-ray on amazon it has like four hours of extra stuff it's really cool um but my newest project um i just finished a short that uh is about a 30-year rift in a family brought about by an episode of miami vice uh, okay yeah right. and it gets it gets real and um so anyway, that'll be that's done, and that'll be hitting festivals soon. And then uh, Rodney and I are working on something that I I think I'll be able to. We'll watch the Twitter. I should be able to announce pretty soon a pretty cool TV project. Oh, so that would right. be really really neat um, if it does happen. So so there's those things and glitch in the matrix is dreaming on Hulu. That's pretty awesome. That's the latest thing I did with Rodney, which he just is great about uh, if you're living, it's people that believe they live in a, uh, that we live in a computer simulated. simulated world. Yeah, so that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, there'll be, there's gonna be a couple other things. Here. So I'm doing another thing. I'm gonna do that Western at some point. And, <laughs> you know, uh, yes, you gotta let us know. Yeah. Um, but I'm serious. I know if you have to, you'd have to go off brand, but if you do do sex, Man, just give me a call, and I, I will definitely come back and talk to you guys about it. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we'd love that. It was a blast. It's really fun. So if people want to keep up with you on Twitter to hear about those new things, you're at Tim2Kirk, right? Tim2Kirk, yeah, at Tim2Kirk. And if people are looking for a copy of Tara Frankenstein, I don't know where you get it, but send me an email, and I might be able to find it. Might, might be able to find it. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and right. do get in touch with me. I'll get you those shirts. All right. That'd be amazing. Yeah. So what's what's I'll next for you guys? What's the next film you guys are doing? So we're our next episode is going to be our one year anniversary. So we're going to do the the Thomas Edison short, the like oh, oldest fuck. existing yes. Frankenstein film. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, that's amazing. There's an so, yeah, endless book on that if you ever want to read it. It's like okay. 300 pages. Oh, okay. Yeah. I will have to track that yeah. down. And it's written by a fan. Like an obsessed fan. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, right yeah that sounds right up my alley. And where would I watch the, the older episodes? So we're, you can, we like, we're streaming on like Apple Podcasts and Spotify, stuff like that. Um, you can also find us on YouTube. We just we we just have like the audio files on YouTube. But okay. um, yeah, maybe one day we'll yeah, step up just, our game and do actual do the video as well um, but yeah it's just the frankencast you can find us pretty much anywhere you listen or you know where podcasts are yeah. so uh, excellent i gotta see i want to see what other stuff we watched <laughs> we both watched because yeah. it was really fun to talk to you guys about this shit. yeah yeah absolutely yeah, i've had a great great time there's yeah. a few people in this world who've seen as many films <laughs> about frankenstein as you and i so yeah. it's very exciting yeah no doubt yeah well, thank yeah, you thank so you. much for being on. I know you you're about. Gotta I go. gotta go, uh, Sally. Yeah. So um, we yeah we appreciate you taking the time. It's been a lot yeah, of fun. Thank you so much. Cool, and let me know when this is up, and I'll uh, I'll I'll promote it. On, on, oh, so thank okay. you. Yeah. Yep, I'll send you a message when it comes out. Excellent. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate All you right. reaching out to me. It was really great chatting. Yeah, we we right, we're, yeah thank we're you. thankful too. That Anthony <laughs> did that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Thank you. So All right. Much. Take care, my friends. Looks like you survived another episode. 
The Freaky Cast is a production of FCR Media. It's hosted by Anthony Bowman and Eric Velasquez. Follow us on Twitter at The Freaky Cast or send us a letter at thefreakycast at gmail.com. Our cover art is by Amanda Keller. You can find her at Keller Illustrations on Instagram. Our theme music is by Vivek Abhishek. Thanks for listening. <laughs>